Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. I'm just, um, I'm just overwhelmed with um, the spirit that is in this place. And, um, I'm just so, so appreciative of being in the presence of God. Amen. And I just thank God for you, my brothers and sisters. I, I, um, I'm so excited about First Sundays. First Sundays for me um, is just a, a, a very clear reminder of God's love. And when I think about First Sundays, I think about that he has allowed us as the people of God to be adopted in the body. The fact that he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever might believe upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. So so whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, whatever your situation, God says you have been adopted in the body. If, if, If there was a moment in time in your life that your heart was pricked and your your heart was open and you said yes. Yes, Lord, I need you because I'm broken and I'm a sinner and I recognize I need you to be Lord of my life. If you said yes, you have been adopted in the body of Christ. First Sunday is is just special because not only are we adopted in the body, but we've been accepted in the beloved. That, That no longer are we strangers foreigners or outsiders. God says, no, I call you the saints of God. He said, you are the elect. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are now, we are now accepted in the beloved. First Sundays reminds me that that we get to come to this space and this place and commune with an almighty God. When I think about First Sundays, and I hope hope you can find your way and accept the fact that God says you are my sons and my daughters. You, you may have been on the outside, he says, but I have brought you to the inside. He said, I've called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. He said, not only are you adopted in the body, not only are you accepted in the beloved, God says you are atoned by the blood. And first Sundays is a reminder that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. That no matter what you've done, what you failed to do, what you want to do and didn't do, the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. It it was one thing when they held him high and stretched him wide, but when they pierced him in the side and the blood of Jesus came streaming down, somebody needs to know that on this first Sunday, 
that once you atone, once you come and we commune with God, he says that all of our sins, all that we've done, he says he washes us, he purges us. Atonement is at one meant with God. Songwriter said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Jesus. I, I love this church because I feel like there is a, a dialogue that's happening here. Amen. If you keep talking, I'll keep talking. Amen. <laughs> so we are we're in this transition. We're in this place of transition where, you know, we're just moving to another sermon series. Amen. And we're going to look at the Ten Commandments in nine weeks. And if you want to know what the message is today, because sometimes, you know, as, as a preacher, you, and you do the work, you want, to, you want to throw up everything you've learned. You want to just give you everything. And really, you leave here scratching your head like, what did he say? So I just want to keep it simple for somebody. Listen, the message this morning is love God with everything you have and love each other. If you want to know what the preacher is going to talk about, is that we got to love God and love each other. I think the Ten Commandments, and maybe it's just me, I think it's, it's a love letter. I, you might say, well, I don't think it's just rules and regulations and requirements of what we can and can't do and mostly what we can't do. I believe it's, it's a God who's speaking to his people to tell them how much he loves them. And when we look at it, I want to ask us to look with some new lens. First of all, if you hear and you understand the difference between a contract and a covenant, contracts are more legally binding, but most times there's a time period. There's a specific date of when it might expire. A contract has to do with if you do this, then I'll do that, and the motivation is about more of what you can get than what you can give. A covenant, a covenant has to do with promises to other people based upon your desire to help them. A covenant has to do with an unconditional promise. It's, it's a steadfast love. It's a commitment. God made a commitment. He made a covenant with the children of Israel. And so the covenant, when we look at it, if you're going to be legalistic, go to the next slide. You've got 613 laws of Moses. If, if you're going to tie yourself, or we're going to tie ourselves to the law, there were 613 different laws of Moses. But God said, look, when he gathered his people on Mount Sinai and began to speak to Moses, he took the 613 and reduced them to 10. Base commandments that God says, look, here's what I want you to know and understand. The first four commandments is really deals with the adoration and reverence of the people directly to God. And the latter six deals with the relationship between man. So really what I'm trying to say is God says the 613 laws reduced to 10 has been reduced to two. What am I saying? If you go to the next slide, Matthew 22, 37, 39, it was a scribe or a lawyer who wanted to know which one is the, the greatest commandment. Maybe trying to trip Jesus up. Jesus said, listen, he said, 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your mind. He said, that's the greatest one. He said, and you have to understand, we have to understand that these laws supersede anything else. So when we talk about if we're going to, how to do life and how are we going to do life well, we got to love God and we got to love each other. And the same way we, we yearn and stretch in our love for God, we got to yearn and stretch to love each other. So what does that entail? He said, first of all, we got to love God with all of our heart. And I know, first of all, it's not talking about just the fist-sized muscle that beats in our chest. We're talking about the emotive self of, of our passions and our zeal and the things that we get excited about. What are you excited about today? What is it that you can't wait to go and do? What is it that, that you couldn't wait till you had an opportunity to, to do it again? What is your passion? What are you excited about? Because God's saying whatever it is, he's saying he don't want anything to supersede our love for him. He said if we're going to love God, he said, look, we have room to love other things, but nothing that's going to love more than God. Love God with all your heart. But he also says to us, look, we got to love him with all of our soul. You might say, well, how do I love God with all my soul? And I want to suggest that your soul is what makes you, you. It makes you unique. And when you strive to love God with all of your soul, with all of your being, then you give love, God, a love that is uniquely yours. That all of us, as we strive to love God with everything, it is a unique love that only we can give. And so I'm saying to someone this morning that if we're going to live life well, we got to be able to find a way to love him with our being. we got to be able to tap into the things that, that we are thriving and striving to overcome and let God have the, the reverence that he deserves. We ought to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. That means we have a place and a space that is reserved in our mind for God. That we're learning and we're growing about what it means to be a child of God. That we can't just come and be based upon feelings. Thank God for feelings, but everything is not based upon feelings. There's some facts. There's some scriptures. There's some things. There's a foundation of what we've got to know and understand about our relationship with an almighty God. So he said we got to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, but all of our mind. So what is it? Well, ask yourself this morning, where am I spending most of my time? What am I thinking about? What am I, what am I basing all of my decisions on? What's the situation in my life that, that I need to move over and make some space in my mind for God? Because whatever it is, he says the first commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one is likened to the first that we got to love our neighbor as ourselves. The same effort, the same striving, God is calling us to love each other. So this morning, you might be asking, yeah, okay, I've heard that before, Pastor. So what does it mean for me to love my neighbor? It's a good question. In fact, it was a question in the scriptures. It was Luke 10. The Bible says that the question came to Jesus. He said, um, Master said, what? What do I have to do to gain eternal life? Jesus said, what does scripture say? 
And the young man said, well, to love God with all my heart, all my soul, mind, body, and strength. She just said, well, you've said, well, do that. He said, well, well, who's my neighbor? So Jesus went on to tell this story. And he said that there was a man who was coming down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he says he was on his way down uh, from Jerusalem. He was met by robbers and thieves, and they beat him up and left him for dead. And he said that a priest came by, and the priest saw him. And the priest went on the other side of the road. And then he said that there was a Levite. Now, you have to understand the Levite is kind of an armor bearer for the priest, but it's out of the tribe of Levi. There were priestly men. Levite, a Levite came by. It's also a countryman. If he was coming down from Jerusalem, it's probably a countryman. Maybe somebody, somebody who looked like him. Maybe somebody who was the same race. Maybe somebody who was the same party. Maybe somebody who, but he went, he looked at him, and then he went on the other side. Then the Bible says that there was a, a Sumerian that came by. Now, you got to know, Sumerians and Jews were enemies. They didn't like each other. They didn't worship together. There was no dealing. But the Sumerian came by, saw the man, went to him, and began to bandage him up. He took his oil. He put oil on him, took some of his wine, gave him something to drink. The Bible says that he put the man on his beast. I don't know if it was a horse, a camel, whatever it was. He had, he had a beast that he was riding, and he, he got off. He put this man on. This is supposed to be his enemy. He brought the man over to an inn, to a place to, he, he could stay. He told the host of the inn, he said, look, if there's any charge, if there's anything, he said, here's some money, put it on me. And I'll t- if there's any more, I'll take care of it when I get back. So Jesus asked the young man, well, who was the neighbor? And he said, the one that had mercy, the one that had compassion. So when we talk about loving God with everything that we have and loving our neighbor, God is saying, look, I know it's all the laws. I know it's all. He said, but can you just have some compassion? Can you love somebody, maybe go a little bit extra to help make sure that everybody's all right? Because listen, we can't. We can't say we love God, (laughs) who we've never seen, and hate our brother and sister who we see every day. God is saying to us that we have to be real. So in this loving God, I think there are three things that I want to talk about of how to do life well. So first, hear the message, love God, and we got to love each other. So three things that I think appeal to us to love God in the text. Just three. First of all, we got to love God for who he is. Just love, as we get to know God and get to know him for ourselves, loving God is experiential. Mama and them and daddy and them and grandma and them might have told you about it, but you got to at least point, we got to come to know him for ourselves. We got to know who he is. Because once we know who he is, God is banking on the fact that we're going to love him. This text, God says to, to, to Moses, he spoke these words saying, I am. Now, I'm going to get to the rest of the text, but sometimes we just got to be able to just understand who he is. God is saying to us this morning, he says, do you know who I am? 
He said, because if you knew who I am, you wouldn't be so worried about what's coming down the road. If you really knew who I am, you can go to the Bible days and you can learn who God says. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. There's nothing that I don't know. I'm the beginning, the end. God says, I am that I am. He is the one that set the stars ablazing in the sky. He's the one. That, that wakes us up in the morning. God says, do you know who I am? Because at some level, if we're waiting to see what God is going to do, we're going to miss who he is. And if we're not careful, we'll miss the fact that God is saying to us that he is the great I am. Go to the next slide. In this, he says to Moses, he taps Moses on the shoulder and say, Moses, he said, I'm going to need you uh, to go down to Egypt. See, I've heard the cries of my people who are in, uh, in bondage in, in, in Egypt. He said, I'm going to need you. And Moses began to make excuses. The moment God taps us, the moment God starts to come into our lives, the first thing we think about is all that we don't have. The first thing we think about is what we fail to do. The first thing that comes to mind is our inadequacies. And what I'm saying is, if we have God, we have everything we need. God says, Moses, do you know who I am? Moses said, well, God, when, the, when they asked, who sent me? Who should I tell them sent me? And God just was smooth. He says, tell them I am that I am. What do you know about the God that you serve? What, what is it about your relationship that gives you confidence that you can love him because he is everything that he says? Sometimes, can I just share this? Sometimes, sometimes we can love church life. Show up every time we're called. Serve well. Hold our positions and do the things. And sometimes we can get in love with church life and never think about God. The challenge is... Is our service, is our leadership, is our, is our coming and thriving, is it because of our love for God? God is saying to us, can you just right now, if, if, if you're not where you ought to be, flip the switch. God said there's plenty of room to go around. He said you can do the things you're doing, but don't put them above me. God says, look, I will have no other God above me. So the first thing he wants us to do is to know who he is. As we keep going, he says, I am that I am. That means he is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. Do we know? He, there's only one. He's Elohim. He is God. He is El Elyon. He's the most high God. These are the names of God. He is El Shaddai, the Lord, strong and mighty. Once we come to know who he is, there's a different kind of confidence that we have when we have some problems. But we've got to come to know who he is. That's why we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and we love him with our mind. God says, you got to know him for yourself. So he is Jehovah Nisi. This is chapter 20. In chapter 17 of Exodus, the very first battle that the children of Israel faced was at Rephidim. And at Rephidim, it was Joshua who was tapped on the shoulder. Say, Joshua, Moses told him, go down into the valley and, 
and take care and defend the people of God. And he said, I'm going to go up on the mount. I'm going to take Aaron and I'm going to take her. And he says, often as you, they saw him raising up his staff, they were being victorious. But, but from time to time, Moses' arms got tired. And so what they would do is uh, they found a rock and they placed him against the rock and Aaron got on one side and her got on, and he just stayed his arms up. And once they can see from the battleground that God was present in their lives, they prevailed. I need somebody to know and understand this morning that God is there. We just got to continue to fight, continue to look to the hills when it's come of our help, understand we can't make it by ourselves. We're going to need somebody to stay our arms every once in a while. And if we do nothing else, we got to go to the rock, the rock of ages, that Jesus is our rock. He is our refuge. And he's ready to fight for us. It was at that moment when they were victorious that that Rephidim, the first battle, became known as Jehovah Nisi. The Lord's my banner. He fights for us. You ever been in a fight and you just you couldn't do it and it was a struggle and you called on the name of the Lord? Can you just know him as your Jehovah Nisi, your God who will fight for you? All right. Not only do we the case to love God for who he is, but love God for what he did, for what he has done in your life. Look what he says. He says to us, and he says, look, I want you to love me, not only for, for if, if that's not enough, if that doesn't float your boat, if you don't love me just for who I am, can you love me for what I've done in your life? He says to them, he says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt. He has God ever brought you out of something? Has he brought you from the darkness into the marvelous light? Hope Elam, if, 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 if you have been in a place and the only way that you've got out of that place, you have the same testimony. But what God is saying, I'm trying, God is saying, I'm trying to show you how much I love you because I want you to love me in return. Somebody knows, like Teddy Pendergrass said, it's so good loving somebody when somebody loves you back. God says, look, I, all of this, I heard your cries. I sent Moses and I sent locusts and swarms. I did everything I needed to do to bring you out. And he says, now at Mount Sinai, I'm giving you some instructions. It's a love letter because I love you so much. And because I love you, I don't want you loving no one else. I don't want you loving no other gods. I love you that much. I want to show you why you should love me. God says, I want you to love me not just for who I am, but what I've done. I woke you up this morning. Kept you when you couldn't keep yourself. Bridge over trouble. I know these are the things that are familiar, but you know him. Maybe he's not a heart fixer and a mind regular. Maybe he's a knee fixer. Maybe you've had something else, but he's done something in your life. For what he did. But he also goes to the next slide. He says, not only did I bring you out, he said, I brought you out of bondage. There's some things that we were stuck enslaved in. And I know this nation has been horrible when it comes to slavery. But sometimes there's some things right now we allow ourselves to stay enslaved in. On a job, in a marriage, in a relationship. There's some things that God has to 
bring us out. And he's saying to us, look, and you're sitting in here now. Did not bring you out of that situation? So what do you want, God? I want you to love me with all your heart. I want all your soul. I want you to think about the goodness of the Lord. And when you do, I want you to love me back. He's saying, listen, maybe the Bible days seems far removed. I, I got a fresh one. 22 years, I've been going either from Columbia to Columbia, Missouri to Des Moines, back and forth. 22 years, no issue, uneventful trips. So this past weekend, I got a chance to go home and see my bride, see my kids, God be praised. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm an hour into the trip. And I'm traveling along the way and right out of Macon, Missouri. And I had a truck with a trail on one side. He's going to turn off, but the truck that's turning didn't see me coming. And I'm telling you, I'm just getting up to 50. And I'm just, you have your own experience. But I'm going to tell you, it was right there. There's no way I cannot hit it. And I just hit the wheel as hard as I can in oncoming traffic. No one was coming. And then I whipped back around, and whatever he did with the F-10 pickup, we missed each other. Now, you can, you can call it whatever you want to call it. <laughs> when I looked in the rearview mirror, and that person was going on his way, and I was continuing, I was, it, was, it was amazing. It was It was God that we didn't collide. And when I left Columbia, and I used to do this as a kid, I said, God bless everybody. <laughs> I used to pray to get God bless everybody in the world. God, just take care of everybody. Um, and I said that prayer, not just for me, but for anybody on the road. And as the person was, I was looking in the rearview mirror, going about their day, and I was going about mine, I knew that was him. I knew that was him. And, and I know there's other accidents that happens all the time. I'm saying this is my God. This is who he is for me. He's Jehovah Jireh. That means he provides. And if he, does, if he don't do anything else, Brown, he's done enough already. He is the one that put his hand. He was my refuge in that very moment. So, so you have testimonies too. And God is saying if you just think back what I've done. If, 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 if who I am is not enough, Gretchen, he says, think back of all that I've done. If not in your life, the life of your friends, the life of your family. And can you love me and put any other gods away? God says, I love you that much, Hope Elam. All right. He says, I am the one that brought you out. So not only love God for who he is and not only love God for what he's done, but love him for what he said. Now, here's the text. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. God's saying, look, I love you so much. Come on, Natasha Kaiser Brown. I don't know if you like, I love you so much. I don't want you dating no one else. I don't want you even looking at no one else. God says the way Christ loved the church is the way that we are to love each other. What, what Moses is saying through the, this, this first commandment, when he said, thou shalt have no other God, it's, it's not a decree or edict because he does not love us. He loves us that much. 
He don't want us. We are his people and he is our God. He says, listen, I love you so much. Can you just strive and thrive and work at loving me back? Love him for what he said. He said, it is, he said, look, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, when you love each other, then we show the world that we are his disciples. He said, while we were yet sinners, God commended his love to us. So he's saying to us, put away anything that, that seems to be above loving me. Put it away. Let's go to the other guy. He said, look, whatever is loved, esteemed, depended on, whatever is feared or served or delighted in, that is more than Jehovah, we make it a God. Tight but is right. Listen, God is saying to us, this was a polytheistic culture. There were many gods in Egypt. There was a God of the water, God of the sky, God of this, God of that. There was so many gods, strange gods, idol gods, new gods. God said there's only one true God. And he said, be careful that anything that we, we, we go after, the trinkets, the, the this, the that, the, the lucky this and the lucky that. God's saying, look, do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? Did you hear what I said? He said, no other God. It's okay. It really is because God wants us. He said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It's okay to have the things of God because everything belongs to him. We don't want to put the things of God above God. He don't want us to put our position and our status and whatever our talent or ability above the one who gave it to us. He said we honor him with our lips, but our hearts are far from him. He said this to us this morning. He said, whatever talent and ability that I've given you, he says, don't bury it. Remember the parable? He gave one five talents, and he went and invested that talent. And when that talent was invested, it had a return. The one with three talents invested that. The one with the one, because he revered God, because he was afraid, because he was a hard taskmaster, he buried it. God said, don't bury your love. God says, I need the return on your love is more love. God says to us this morning, don't put all of your hope in other people. Not a preacher, not a teacher, not a wife, not a husband. God says, look, if we're going to love him and have no, he said, no other gods. We don't worship anybody above him. Once we stand with an almighty God, we'll learn to love our brothers and us. We'll learn to love our wife in a more special way. Pride. Pride gets in the way. Pride, we start to to, to serve our, our, our self. It's, 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 it's become self-gratifying. And, and I said it last time, and Pastor John has been preaching, and he said, look, our sin nature, this body of flesh we're wrapped into, it just constantly wants to be satisfied. But the only thing that if we, we allow the flesh to be satisfied, it's temporary. The only thing that can have eternal completion the thing that can, can not only fill us, but begin to embolden and, and empower us to be who he wants us to be is, is the spirit of God. It's the only thing. It's the word of God. 
So I'm saying no other gods. And then the next slide. To remember the, the danger, hope you let me, we're about done, hang in there. The danger is giving anyone or anything the glory and honor that belongs to him. The danger is when we know that was God's, so, ooh, that was lucky. The danger is when we know that God showed up and it was him and we won't even say thank you. The danger is when something in your heart opens up and you know it's God and then you just allow it to slowly close back instead of putting some work and some effort in and pouring into that thing and letting that thing grow into life. Exodus 20 and 5 says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, those other gods, nor serve them, for I, the Lord, am a jealous God. Now here's how I'm going to finish this off. Because he's a jealous God, it's not because he's jealous. It's because he loves us. Please hear me. He does not want us. He loves us so much he don't want us to go after other gods. He says, but what happens as a parent or as a, as a guardian, because we won't humble ourselves, because we won't go after God and love him, it has generation effects. And they have to run its course because he is a jealous God. God don't, God don't he, he loves us, but he is who he says he is. He is sovereign. Now wait, some good news. He says, but, and this is not on the board, but if you love me, if you remember the reading, but if you love me, he said, that will be unfailing, unfailing love unto thousand generations. That, it will be so much. If you love me, he says, your love, because of what you're doing, others are going to see it and others are going to experience your love and they're going to know the love and they're not going to love and God is going to continue to open up the windows of heaven and shower down the blessing. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, don't take his name in vain. But right now, the big one right now, no other gods. We got to know who he is. You can transition. We also got to know what he did. We also got to know Jesus, what he said. There's only one true God. There's one body of Christ. One spirit. The Holy Ghost. One hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. He says, and Father of all. In all, who's above all, in, through all, and in all. The same God. You can't talk about I love God and the same God is in me and hate me. Can't do it. Obilum, I love, love this church, what God is doing. And I appreciate the love, because I feel it, that I'm getting a return. And that same love is for your neighbor. After God, it's our neighbor. Amen? Amen. Put your hands together for an almighty God. Amen.
Jesus. Love for Sunday. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.